Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of SpinCast. Today, joining us is Andy Mendez. He is the executive director of esports for Naperville 203. Um, so, without further ado, Andy, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us where your passions in esports started and kind of how you took those passions and fostered them into becoming the executive director of esports at Naperville 203. Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be on SpinCast. Uh, I, I saw a few of your guests previously, you know, James O'Hagan, a mm -hmm. huge, huge fan of him. Shout out to him. Um, yeah. Shout, shout out to James O'Hagan. Uh, huge and very influential in the high school space. So uh, when I saw that he was on the podcast, I was like, oh, I get an opportunity to be on this, uh, this podcast as well. So, um, but first of all, again, thank you again. Uh, how I got involved in esports in general is kind of a it's kind of an interesting story and I think um, this is a good place to share it. Uh, so I started doing just esports things in general in high school. My sophomore year, I attended uh, Matia Valley High School right, in, mm -hmm. in Aurora, Illinois. Just so happens that, uh, you know, when we started doing esports stuff there, I just, I found a group of kids and group, I should say friends, right? At the time I was a kid too, right? Mm -hmm. um, a, group, a group of people who wanted to start something uh, unique with gaming. We, we knew we wanted to do some sort of gaming club, but we didn't know exactly how far we wanted to take it. Um, so we formed like a little just pod of, of people. We didn't even call ourselves a team yet um, until we found that there was a cyber cafe in the area that was doing tournaments. And it turns out we met with other schools eventually um, you know, first we did like some like Friday tournaments against other people, and then it kind of got around that oh, it's a high school doing uh, esports, mm -hmm. and uh, we didn't really know it was esports at the time. I think back, it, I shouldn't say it was very long ago, but let's say 2013, right? Yeah. Esports was still in its infancy, right? It's mm -hmm. not nearly as mainstream as it, as it is today, especially at the academic level or mm -hmm. scholastic level. Um, and so we, we kind of thought of ourselves like as an MLG league. You remember like MLG, mm -hmm. how, how, yep. how, how yep. big Game MLG battle, was? Yep. Right. We, we kind of saw ourselves as that, right? And we, mm -hmm. we didn't know what we were doing. Um, but we, we just happened to be the first high school in Illinois to officially support esports at the administration level because mm -hmm. we took it and ran with it. We played as many games as we could. We got jerseys. We got a teacher to help us. Um, get involved, um, and he didn't really know a ton about esports, but now he does. You know, he's he's now the you know running the stuff over there at Matia. Um, but it just kind of started as an idea that I planted, you know, a seed for the rest of my friends. And then this teacher, all of a sudden, it got to the admin and to the district, and they loved it. Um, mm -hmm. So we we became the first high school official high school to support uh, esports as an activity in 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, from there, at, when I graduated, uh, we had gotten one or two championships with HSEL. In fact, actually, give me one moment, I'll show you this. This is from 2016, our very first esports title. I don't know if you can awesome. see that. Yeah, I see it perfectly. Yeah, That's we got great. a plaque from uh, yeah. HSEL. So there's my proof. <laughs> we, were, we were pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we, after I graduated, I was actually, I was working like a part-time job and I knew I wanted to do something with esports. I wanted to do something in college, maybe. Mm. Didn't exactly know what I wanted to do, um, but I actually got a phone call from the assistant principal of my school, which was a big deal because I was just a student. Uh, you know, I graduated and then all of a sudden the assistant principal's calling me and she asked me to come by for an interview and they actually gave me the position as like a, like a program lead for esports specifically, like a coach. So they called me a head coach. Um, and I did that for two years and it was super fulfilling. Uh, you know, kids that I 
was formerly kind of classmates with at the lower levels of high school, I can now lead to be these esports, uh, you know, players, and and eventually the one would move on to play in varsity uh, DePaul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's still playing right now in DePaul. So it was just a really fulfilling uh, thing to do. Um, and uh, after I was done, I felt like I, I had set up everything at Matia to run autonomously. Um, I handed it off to the teacher that kind of helped us start it all. And I moved over to Naperville 203, where I started doing esports there. I knew that once I moved districts, there had to be uh, a, a student interest, some level of student interest mm-hmm. that uh, wasn't being tapped into yet because there wasn't really an active gaming club. Um, mm-hmm. I think there was like a tabletop game club that was existing at the time. And this is in, uh, I think this is 20, this is 2018 mm-hmm. um, or 2017, well, 2018 mm-hmm. um, that, that I joined Naperville 203 um, and started the esports program. And first year that we uh, ran uh, League of Legends, kind of like a trial season, we made it to the uh, playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the year right after that, uh, we won a state championship uh, in, in, in Overwatch, which was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that state championship in Overwatch, we became one of the biggest, if not the biggest high school program in the state. So I went from the first high school program in the state to the biggest <laughs> in, in, a, in a matter of a few years um, under my direction. So uh, we started really hitting things off. We won multiple titles after that, and we can talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that esports is so big at the scholastic level, especially here in Illinois, mm-hmm. um, we we've just grown exponentially there are, we service over 600 students between both high schools um, and it became to the point where they needed some centralized person to look over both schools and so that's now my brand new role as executive director of esports exactly incredible yeah, yeah absolutely incredible i love i love these stories of success right taking mm-hmm. you know basically for me it's just like that core passion that's you know sparked at a younger age and then seeing you take it and you know work through it and have that ambition and dedication to, to develop it into something phenomenal right going from that yeah. first program to the biggest and the, you know probably the best as well um, as <laughs> hard, to, hard to refute that with all the trophies um, and the titles mm-hmm. there uh, but that's you know phenomenal because not only you know, did you do it yourself but now you're doing it for 600 students right mm-hmm. which for them you're providing something that they may never have gotten um, if you or your coworkers or that team um, sure. never, you know, did what you did, right? Um, yeah. That's, you know, sounds pretty simple, but that's true, right? It's that this platform is so, you know, now so big and so beautiful that the kids get the opportunities that so many others miss out on. Especially. And I like the way you worded that. It, it is definitely an opportunity, right? So all I did was build the platform. That's all I did. Those kids are really the ones that work in, in and out, day in and day out to just you know, practice hard, play hard, um, and, and honestly be the best gamer that they can be both on the keyboard and away from it. Um, you know, we, we like to talk about skills and we like to talk about, oh, if I want to get, you know, recruited to Maryville, I need to be top 500 in Overwatch. Um, but, but in reality, it, coaches look at a lot more than that. You know, it's not just about how good you are. It's about uh, you know, how, how, how coachable are you? How, how much synergy do you have? And can you build synergy easily with other teammates? And um, you know, it, it's about creating the better player. And uh, I, I think that's, that's something that we're really striving to do at Naperville, really achieving, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that holistic approach is so important because like you said, like, it's not just about stats, especially as right. esports continues to grow. And I mean, I'm sure as you've seen is there's a, we've had a number of uh, collegiate guests on the show, right? On this yeah. podcast. And it's like, 
as this continues to expand, you know, people with just raw talent aren't going to cut anymore. You need to be that mm-hmm. teammate. You need to be that leader. You need to have that strategic thinking, the analytical kind of problem solving and critical thinking that's so important to yeah. taking your game to the next level. You can have so much raw skill and raw mechanics. That's great. But if you're not coachable, if you're not a good teammate, then all of a sudden you're going to start like dragging your team down. So, you know, obviously yeah. starting at a younger age builds that platform to give them that opportunity, like we just said, um, for that success at that next level, which is ultimately all we want to see, right? Um, Definitely. Being part of the community is that long-term success. Um, kind of, you know, focus, say on the, on the topic of students and this long-term success, obviously you've been super successful with all these uh, titles and championships. Thank you. Thank you. Like what a day of practice looks like. What do you focus on? How do you strive to get better? Um, sure. like what systems, you don't have to be too specific because, you know, trade secrets or whatever, but um, <laughs> give us that day-to-day of what it looks like. So, you know, other students that might be watching, they're like, hey, I want to do uh, esports in my high school or get involved. What does that look sure. like? What does practice kind of involve? And I, and I love this question because I get this question a lot from just interviewers in general or, or, you know, doing newspaper articles and things. It's really not as concrete as people think. And I think um, it, it varies level to level, right? So as at a professional level, you're practicing all day, every day. At a collegiate level, you're probably practicing, I mean, maximum three or four times or minimum three, four times a week. Um, but at the high school level, it's a little bit different. So because we're a high school, right? We have to remember that, that we're not just a professional organization that we get to do whatever we want. Um, and and we, we definitely look at the, again, the holistic approach. We want students to be human. We don't want them to just be gaming machines. We want them to be able to, uh, you know, practice and do homework or play their game and go play football. You know, they, they do, they do that. A lot of our kids are, are dual sport. They'll do tennis and they'll do, you know, managing the League of Legends team, or they'll do, um, you know, they'll do a lot of roles within the, the, the organization that we've built. Um, but a day of practice really is one day of mandatory practice a week that coaches sit down and, and, and with students. The students that are motivated, truly motivated to get out and, and stick out and be the better player, they're practicing whenever they can, you know. They recognize that we check grades, right? We check grades, we check, you know, all the boxes and, and we want to make sure that that kids are, 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 are upholding to an academic standard, right? But as long as they're doing their homework, they sit down, they have dinner with their family or whatever their at-home life looks like, they have one day a week that they're required to sit down and, and really go over strategies and have that coach talk to them uh, with their team and, and, and do team building or whatever that means um, or whatever that looks like, right? Um, Individual coaches in my district that I've that I've brought on uh, are really good. They, you know, maybe they'll during their on se- during season, uh, they'll uh, run maybe two practices a week. Um, but in reality, it's it really is about these kids are talented inside and out, and it's mm-hmm. help. You know, it's our job as coaches at the high school level to help them approach that and navigate that themselves mm-hmm. you kind of see what i'm saying there's there's only so much that a high school coach can sit down and, and teach a kid because we're not professional gamers right mm-hmm. if i was a professional gamer you know i'm in the wrong business right? mm-hmm. but but no i my i get my fulfillment from teaching kids how to be the best gamer possible and so we kind of guide them to do that a lot of that is them practicing on their own mm-hmm. you know a lot of that is is them getting at home and, and doing that solo queue grind, right? As however frustrating it gets, if they go on a 10 loss streak, you know, we can talk about it during our next practice and say, you know, what, what can we do to, to help, you know, you know, fix your, your positioning or whatever it may be. Um, but again, it is a lot of the individual kids. But to answer the question, mm-hmm. a normal practice day is we show up to our esports lab. Um, 
and we, you know, we sit down on our machines, get everything booted up, and then the coach goes through a rundown of the day. You know, are we going to scrim today? Who are we scrimming? You know, here's the stats for them. Uh, you know, what can we, what kind of information do we know? Can we do a VOD review of that team? Just a quick one before, you know, we do our scrim. Uh, or if it's just a general practice day that we don't have anything scheduled, um, we'll work on the nitty gritty. We'll work on positioning. Or if we want to learn a new champion or a new hero, you know, we, we take that time to really go through in and out, have not only just the coach, but other teammates coach, you know, the other team or our team within our team uh, to, to play new heroes or new champions. You know, let's say we have a DPS main that also flexes support. Right. Well, we we have that DPS main kind of shadow the the support player if they need help on Mercy. Right. For some reason, if you don't know the positioning on Mercy in Overwatch, then you know he's got you covered because you know we're we're as a as a team we're a unit, and the better your teammate does, the better you're gonna do. So I think our kids are really good about realizing that and becoming friends and allies of each other. Um, so, you know, during practice time, if we don't have anything scheduled, it really is a lot of, Hey, do you, can you show me some pointers on this? You know, do you know the map positions for, for this map and, and things like that? So, yeah. uh, a normal practice day probably runs about three hours after school, depending on what, uh, esport we're playing, mm-hmm. um, get games that, uh, tend to run shorter are rocket league because they're obviously the shorter games in general. Um, and their practices are a little bit shorter, whereas league of legends, especially is a 45 minute game each time mm-hmm. you want to sit yeah. down. So we got to set aside a little bit more time for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, and I think the only one that, that kind of stands out is uh, super smash bros. What they do is they actually scrim within each other and they do brackets pretty much every time they meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it's a matter of, it, we have our own internal, here's a little secret. We have our own internal point system that we do. Yeah. And um, the, the players that are the top 10, are the ones that get to show up to the, to the, you know, live events that yeah. we, we get in, the invitationals and such. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how we kind of weed out, you know, kids that are either struggling in the current meta or they're just shining in the current meta and, and they're do, they'll do well in a tournament. So there's our little secret for Smash Bros. Okay. But outside yeah. of that, you know, we'll keep the rest on the wraps. Yeah. Got to retain <laughs> those championships, right? <laughs> right. That's right. That's phenomenal. So I love to see that, that teamwork, that team building aspect, right? Cause that's yeah. so important for so many of these kids that, you know, might not play traditional sports, um, which a lot don't cause like they love video gaming, right? They don't necessarily right. love football. And I'd rather always see the student and the, and the child pursue what they love, right? Cause if you yeah. do what you love, usually you're going to find that success cause you're dedicated. You have that ambition. Right. Um, so that's that's phenomenal to say the least. And and you know, as as someone who was a former esports player, right? As someone who was who was on a team that I actually had the opportunity to form and and to kind of dictate how practice practice would look and be on the team at the same time. Um, I know what a student can handle, and I know I know what a student, uh, you know, is is willing to to sit down and play. I know that my students are probably. If, they, if we ask them, hey, can you sit down and play five days a week? They'll be like, yeah, absolutely. But that's not what we want. You know, we, we want them to have a balanced high school life. Um, and, and we find a lot of success in, you know, putting as much effort into the game as we do the person. You know, that's, that's how we find a lot of our success. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. Pro- fantastic approach and fantastic things to hear. Thank you. That's going to set up for even more success if that's possible. Maybe a national <laughs> when there's a concrete kind of national competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of moving on to those competitions, does anything change 
in practice or preparation for, you know, when you're going up to play the state championship game, that final game, when everything's on the line? Has anything changed? Do you have a different approach to the, you know, how do you overcome those nerves as a player? Especially, I'm sure those are through the roof. I remember I played football and was uh, in the semifinals at States. It's like, oh my God, we're here, all that kind of stuff. So any different approaches or any kind of tips or tricks for these students to like help calm those nerves and get in that game ready um, mentality? Buffalo Wild Wings. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. So, no, so, so for, for Overwatch, I'm thinking about our postseason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, our, our coach, is, his name is Coach uh, Terp. And mm-hmm. We call him Coach Terp. His name's Coach Terpstra. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's phenomenal with those Overwatch kids. He, um, it's funny because when we started the program, we were looking for an Overwatch coach. And we we're like, okay, you know, we, we need to find somebody. I don't know anything about Overwatch. My my colleague at the time, Alex Egan, he didn't know anything about Overwatch. And as we're having this conversation, we see a staff member turn the corner with a Overwatch button up. Literally, he was wearing like an Overwatch logo on his back. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh my God. <laughs> so we, we want to talk to there's him. Our <laughs> yeah, there's our guy. Yeah. And he just happened to not never miss a BlizzCon. He watches all of Overwatch League. This guy is inside and out Overwatch. So when we brought him on board, we expected great things, and boy, did he deliver! Mm-hmm. You know, so so talking about the postseason again, uh, you know, he's really in tune with with his kids and you know with the parents. And so, um, the number one way to shake off those nerves is let's meet up before the game or or before you know the weekend before a big match, or let's meet up after a match. You know, after after three thirty match, you know the match ends probably about four or five o'clock, mm-hmm. right? Let's go out and, and celebrate. Let's go out, and we had a lot of reason to celebrate over the last few years, especially with the Overwatch program. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, let's go to Buffalo Wild Wings and let's you know let's sit yeah. down and just and just be a team, you know. And and the parents started getting more involved because of that. Um, so when we when we were going to the NASA finals in California this past year, um, you know, they, they paid for the team to go and they paid for the coaches to go, but every single parent bought tickets, plane tickets to fly with us to California from Chicago. And they all came with us to watch the event live. And, and that's the kind of, I think, you know, when, when you think about the postseason, uh, the kids are already nervous as is, but if they're surrounded by their family and they realize, Oh, this is a real, this is a real sport that I'm playing. This is a real activity that I'm, that I'm participating in and that people watch and want me to succeed. And there are people in the, in the, I mean, we packed the, the library with almost a hundred kids sitting there watching the finals or watching our team play in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a big deal. So I think for the kids themselves, they shake those jitters off when they're under the most pressure by the people that they know. Mm-hmm. As soon as as soon as they know that their family's watching, their friends are watching, they just something flicks in their head. The switch flicks, and they're like, "All right, you know, time to get our game face in. This is about the game. Let's let's sit down. Let's do it. Let's go home." Kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah so, number one is Buffalo Wild Wings. Number two is bringing the family together and doing it. <laughs> Wild Wings. Next, next competitive tournament I play in, I'm gonna go get some Buffalo Wild Wings and sit yes. down. Yes, and we'll win. I hi- <laughs> highly recommend it. <laughs> that's great though because that sense of community is, is, is awesome sure. right once you can sit there and you know you look out in the stands or you look out in the arena or in the library right whatever how big or small it is and you see mom's face or dad's face or your brothers mm-hmm. or your best friends it, it takes that edge off you're like i have mm-hmm. a support system right you know when right. or lose people are here for me i'm not on my right. island i'm not on my island by myself but also mm-hmm. as a team you have your teammates as well to support you so that's absolutely yeah. fantastic
Um, unfortunately, we are running out of time. Um, so sad. I absolutely love these discussions. Wow. I, I talk way too much. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> I want but I will leave you with one last question. Um, sure. Really broad question, kind of looking towards the future. Obviously, you have a ton of experience in high school youth sports. Um, you know, it really is picking up a lot of traction. You know, it, it's, I want to say more local areas. It's not nationally caught on yet where it's like mainstream, right? Where sure. there's not, there's nothing like Friday night lights. So yeah, right. It's obviously, you know, football is a few hundred years on us, <laughs> but um, eventually what is that one thing that you think is like the most important thing to change or improve on to really bring high school esports to that mainstream where you see a massive kind of community support system underneath it or something like Friday Night Lights where the community is like, yeah, I'm going to watch Overwatch play at my local high school because that's where I graduated or that's where my daughter goes or my son goes or whatnot. Sure. Um, so like, what, what is that thing that you think needs to change to really kind of spark that mainstream perception of it being good and everyone kind of be included in it? Sure, that's, that's a great Quick question. I think, um, you know, there, there are a few steps to achieve this, right? Number one is locally, get your, your local newspapers involved as much as you can, right? Um, in Naperville, you know, we've gotten covered by our, our local and our, and the city, I think, you know, the Chicago Tribune actually did an article on us as well. Um, as soon as those articles start to come out, you get feedback from the community, whether that be good or bad. Right. We had a bunch of parents pour so much love and support into our program and one or two parents that were a little bit hesitant, I should say, about what bringing, bringing essentially video games into a place in which you should be studying, which, which is what is in their head, right? Um, I think the number one way to, to, to really do that is bring that media in show them what you're doing, right? It's not just about the gaming, it's about the holistic approach, about the mind, it's about creating a, a better person and a better student um, for the future, right? Um, show them the scholarships that you've, you've, you've earned for these kids or these kids have earned for themselves and the, and the opportunity that you've created for them. Um, we sent six kids last year on college scholarships, two of them being full rides, right? That changes a, a someone's life for good. I mean, they don't have to worry about college for four years and they're attending a, a university that they can feel proud about and be on their esports program. Mm -hmm. um, show that you're changing lives. And I think uh, the rest will come. You know, as soon as you start showing people that, that what you're actually doing is, is, you know, kids are going to play video games at home anyway, mm -hmm. right? Why not allow them to play under, you know, supervision and under guidance so that you know, if they decide that they've got a competitive edge and they want to play it competitively, that they can do that. There's no harm in doing that, right? And we, and we focus on on physical health as well. It's not just about video gaming. You know, we're planning on doing. We we've got you know charts for weight room, and we've got you know, obviously pre-COVID there were a lot of plans to, to start you know really looking at the truly holistic approach as far as even health goes. Um, so there's a ton that we have we have and had planned. Um, but I think it's, again, it's about building the support structure that you know that is uh, fulfilling for parents and students and that it's, it's kind of hard for people to say this is a bad thing because we're creating better students, we're letting them follow their passion, and we're getting them opportunities for their future. There's, there's not a whole lot that you can say, oh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be promoting this. Mm -hmm. another, another part of that is, you know, kind of on the separate end of things, is creating a national network that makes sense a national network of high school students that compete at their, you know, district or not their district level, their 
um, kind of like their, uh, how do you say, like a division level. Mm-hmm. They play and then at the state level for a state championship, and then they move on to some sort of national uh, title. Uh, there are a lot of organizations that are trying to do it. NASIF, to me, is the best one because they, they focus on the same way. They focus on holistically what does the student need to be successful outside of competition, mm-hmm. right? Whereas you look at companies and, and it just off the top of my head, I, it, I guess it's no big surprise. So I talk about this a lot publicly, but I'm, I'm not a big fan of play versus. I'm not a big fan of a, a fan of what they do. You know, play versus their the company yeah, I model. Yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of of turning students into dollar signs. I'm just not. I know I know that everything in this in this world is about money, especially in this country. Everything's everything's about money. But our students' well-being and and safety, especially when we're we're trying to create something new and, and grassroots, you should be embracing the grassroots and working with schools rather than charging them upwards of 200 to 400 dollars for just three months of participation in, in a in a in a bracket that that's not how you grow the esports scene mm-hmm. you know if you want if you want to talk about growing the esports scene and making it legitimate and making it official you can't charge schools all this money and then not have a support system for them because the minute something fails they're just going to pull it and it's going to take maybe 10 years for that administration to cycle out and then have fresh new minds that are waiting to, to, to try something new and, and that'll be open to esports. But if you, if you have a school that's turned off by the play versus approach, whether it's the money, whether it's the staff, whether it's the, the, the lack of support system or, or lack of documentation that is provided with them, mm-hmm. if a school gets turned off, there, there's gonna be what, four or five, you can think about eight to 12 classes, right? Freshmen through seniors, classes of students, years go by where students have the opportunity to get college scholarships for playing games and they will miss out on that because people are, don't know how to work with school administrations. Mm-hmm. NASIF on the other hand is, is a non-for-profit. They don't even take money from the, our, their, prof, their schools, right? It's just participate in this tournament, we'll fly you out and we'll give you, we'll give you the opportunity to grow your student as a whole. Um, they have plenty of educate. They're run by educators. They have plenty of educational resources. They have their own affiliate program. They have their own um, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, they have their own esports after school curriculum. There's just so much as an educator that makes sense when you go through through NASIF that you won't find in, in any other paid national program. And so it was a big blow to high school esports when Riot Games decided to partner with them exclusively for League of Legends. That was a big deal. Right, um, you know, NASA still has some level of partnership with them, but it's a lessened uh, partnership that can only go six weeks instead of eight weeks or something along those lines. They can't call it a championship or some, some legality to it. And all it was was money, right? They essentially sold our students' rights to play League of Legends mm-hmm. for the money. And that really bothered a lot of educators. And I know that bothered people like Jim O'Hagan, it bothered people like me, um, and, and really would like to see that change. So I think while we work really hard to convince parents and administrators that esports is good, we need someone at the upper level to work really hard to represent our students, to represent our educators. That's the only way that esports is going to grow nationally. Yep, absolutely. I really can't agree more. Is because it's 
you know, the, the way, you know, the way that we kind of look at it and the way I kind of look at it personally, it's that well-rounded individual, right? And I think esports facilitates all these skills, yeah. communications, problem solving, critical thinking, analytics, right? All of those are really sought after, especially when you develop them collegiately um, in coursework by employers, right? And it's like, right. you know, instead of looking at like, okay, how do I go pro, right? Which is awesome. I mean, but how many pros are there really, right? It's even right. traditional sports, right? The NFL has about 16, 1700 players that play professionally and under professional salaries. You know, yeah. Rainbow Six, the scene I follow, are League of Legends, you got five kids on a team and you got about 10 teams, right? For a region, right. that's 50. That's not even a whole NFL roster. So the right. chance is so low. So it's like, how do you take these skills, educate them, and then go get that collegiate, like play collegiately, get that scholarship, and then apply your skills to the workforce, right? Or if you're good enough, go pro, awesome, right? Like that's kudos to you, but the chance is so slim. Um, sure. Although we did have a, a kid go straight from uh, from our sophomore, we had a sophomore go straight to the Atlanta Rain. I don't know if oh, yeah. I don't know if you heard about that, but we yeah. we had a kid. Uh, oh gosh, his, his username is uh, oh man, I forget. He played for Atlanta Rain Academy um, yeah. a, a year or two ago, and he was like, "Oh, I've got to do my finals early so that I can go to Germany and play in the finals." <laughs> We're like, "Okay, yep." It was really cool. It's insane. it's insane. Especially the pro scene it is right now. Like basically once you turn 18 or 16, whatever the, the limitation yeah. is to it, depending on the game, most of the time it's 18, obviously, um, you just go pro. Um, yeah. BG Sports isn't, right. isn't quite there yet, right? There's no right. preventing them. And who, he's just one out of a million kids that want to go pro for Overwatch, right? Yeah. It just so happens that he's top 500. He's like top 10 mm-hmm. right, on the leaderboards for Overwatch. So yeah, it just so happened that he's that good. But you have to be that good in order to be seriously as a contender you know for for a team like that so exactly yeah, i completely agree yeah and but it's like that doesn't mean don't pursue esports right all these skills you right. do in competing in your high school competitions or other you know just tier three or amateur in competitions you develop these great skills that are so much so applicable to the so so many positions in the industry right like right. you know problem solving well that sounds extremely basic but what the games simulate is way more than much can much anything else can simulate because you know it's a game that's a, that's the thing is that legal legends right. is this massive problem that you have to solve with five players that you're playing against four you're playing with um and then all these ai systems and all the item interaction and the hero interactions mm-hmm. and trying to like you know actually quantify that and yeah. address it and figure out okay what are they doing what are they doing bad what are they doing good who should i avoid who should i attack and that's just the extreme tip of the iceberg. There's so much more underneath it that you yeah. can take, develop, and then apply in so many different constructive um, avenues as well. Um, Absolutely. Your playing time is up, so to say, because, you know, usually right. you go, even when you go pro, you're, you're done when you're in about four or five years, sadly. Mm-hmm. Who knows? That might change in a few years. Who um, knows? Yeah. But absolutely fantastic discussion. Um, really love the podcast. There, there's so much fruitful. And I think there's, you know, maybe sure. we'll get this in a year or two. We can take all of this together and make some big, you know, montage of like, hey, this <laughs> happened a year ago or two years ago, and look, it happened, you know, um, or, you know, maybe spark the change, be the change, that kind of great stuff. Sure. Um, but lastly, um, one last question, go ahead, plug yourself, um, you know, tell us what the social medias are for yourself or you, the, the program that you do in the schools and, the, and those social media so we can keep up to date on, you know, your crazy success up there in neighborhood. Appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, my personal Twitter handle where I post a lot of our, our updates for 
um, you know, as far as like where, where esports is going in the future, uh, a little bit more about, you know, the academic parts. And, and again, me talking about my opinions with um, Nasif and play versus. Uh, so my personal at is Chillrend, as in the sword. And I don't know if it's, you ever play Elder Scrolls, it's a sword. Uh, so uh, yeah, Chillrend uh, underscore LOL, I think, um, on Twitter. And then for our school, we have uh, MNHS Esports. Um, on Twitter and then underscore NCHS esports for our other high school. Uh, so follow those programs if you want to see more success. Uh, we're not done yet. Um, we've got a lot more coming. So hopefully, um, you know, we can make it happen even with COVID kind of stirred us a little bit uh, off the edge. But I think at some point we'll be back, uh, you know, just uh, hitting the Twitter feeds with uh, big W's. So yeah, <laughs> I can't. I I'm definitely cannot wait once it's safe, obviously once COVID, whatever, whatever happens, if it's whatever happens scientifically with that, not my expertise by any means, but sure. once it's, once it's gone or it's safe to go out and have these lands again, I can't wait to see the students at any level, high school, college, um, where the pros compete at lands again, because those they're so exciting. Yeah. I love going to them. Um, I can't wait for them to come back and see these. I agree. Grow even more. Right. And maybe one night we'll have Friday night lights or Thursday night lights or Saturday night lights or, Sure. whatever play and words we'll have then so absolutely yeah. excited to see it once again thank you andy for taking the time to come on the podcast with me and discuss sports phenomenal time with you yeah. um to all our viewers and listeners out there thanks for staying the entire time stay healthy and stay happy like we were just talking about covid make sure you take care of yourself take care of your loved ones and your friends make sure everyone stays safe and ultimately stay plugged in